Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 219 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill, um, and I have Adam with me. Hello. I'm always here. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, I had this awkward moment of introductions. And we also have Christina. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Woo! There she is. I'm here. Yay, Christina's here. Oh, sorry. I just moved the entire table. You did. She did. (laughs) Hi, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, keep your face by that microphone. I'm glad to be back. We've had people yell at us about that. (laughs) Accurately, they are accurate. They've been yelled. Well, they might have. have. Strongly suggested. All caps. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so tell us what why you're here. You're all you're always here. We love you, but why? Uh, uh, there's a special thing you're doing today. I am back to to discuss Overdrive Summer Read 2018. It's hard to believe um, that we're already launching another program. Especially but, since we have snow outside today I know, in Cleveland. I know. It's disgusting. I was driving into work and it's I was just like. snowing on April 17th. It's disgusting. And it's not even good snow. It's like pelt yourself in the face snow that hurts as you're walking. Like nature's just like, there, I know guys. There's no good deal. April snow. I'm sorry. No, I hate it. I did laugh when I looked and I remembered. I was like, oh, Chris, Christina's going to talk about summer books today. Yep. I know. Okay, so before we talk about the actual books, though, do you want to tell everyone how it works and all that jazz? So this is our fourth year. Um, Oh, my God. I know. I think it launched in 2014, I think. That sounds right. Don't quote me. But we've run this a couple years now. Um, As you all might be aware, we also have something called Big Library Read, which um, is intended for public libraries, but schools can opt in. Sometimes the content doesn't always work for schools just by, you know, maturity. So Summer Read was born out of wanting to do something exclusively for schools and with, you know, content intended for students. Um, We have a really good relationship with our publishers. They always give us really great titles to choose from. We have a team of school librarians on staff who evaluate all the content we get and then make selections and we try to evaluate between K to 12 to make sure we have a, a wide enough set that all students can enjoy it. They will be displayed prominently at the top of school websites. Um, and they are simultaneous use access for the length of the program. So no matter how many students check it out, they're available, just like Big Library Read. This year's program runs June 6th through July 18th, so nice little um couple weeks and the whole goal of the program is to help combat that summer slide. Um, They say during the summer months students um, lose some of that great retention they get during the school year so reading just kind of helps you know comprehension, retention, has them doing something valuable with their time. You know who doesn't love reading? So that's what summer read is. We're really excited. Um, Libraries can participate by request so you just have to uh, reach out to your overdrive team and say hey we also want to take part in summer read Um, if you do have a kids or teen reading room that is where it would display um i'm glad you said that because i was gonna say for all of our listeners who use libraries and not schools uh these books are obviously available for anyone like if your library owns them you can still read these you don't have to 
be a part of the school program. No. <laughs> um, if your library participates, like you said, they'll be in their kids' and teens' e-reading rooms. But if any of these books sound very exciting to you, you can always go and recommend them to your library uh, on your Overdrive websites. And then after we go through all these books, we can talk about some books that we've been reading sure. currently. And we'll, that, that'll be some book recommendations that may not be YA or they might be. I don't know what you guys have been reading. It'll be Mine are YA. Mine are all over the place. Okay. I've been reading some cool. dark stuff. Awesome. Um, okay, so do you... <laughs> that sounds about <laughs> accurate. Um, do you want to do the juvenile first? Do you want to do the YA? Do you want to go back and forth? The world is your oyster. You know, I think I'm going to go through... I'm going to do juvenile to YA. Okay. Um, so I'll just get started. So... Our first book is Man Sponge Saves the Day by Sarah Wilson <laughs> um, from Nickelodeon. It's SpongeBob. Um, Man Sponge is SpongeBob's a superhero alter ego. Um, it's intended for K to three, but hey, SpongeBob works for everybody. So um, just the idea that SpongeBob is a superhero and he needs to save Bikini Bottom from some bad guys. Um, lots of... We always... We've had, I think, a Nickelodeon title each summer read. Mm-hmm. We've had Ninja Turtles, and we've had SpongeBob, I think, two or three times. SpongeBob and Nickelodeon always, is, it just circulates really high. I yeah. think I think it appeals to everyone. I mean, SpongeBob came on when I was young. It's just... Oh, my God. It ha- it's been all around it's a long time. It's been on for, like, I want to say, like, 15 years. What? Speaking of when... He becomes a superhero. Do you guys remember when Doug Funny became Quail Man? <gasps> yes. I was thinking of that as I was discussing it. I was like, as Quail Man once, you know. Quail Man is the best. Right? <sighs> but K-3, appropriate for all readers, beginning readers. It's not a lot of, um, a lot of laughs and minimal action. So, sorry, talking closer to the mic. Okay. Um, but, again, good for those beginning readers who are just, you know, taking interest in books. Uh, the next one is The Earth Kingdom Chronicles, The ta- the Tale of Aang. I've never seen Airbender, Avatar, The Last uh, Airbender. I don't know if it's Aang or Ong, so I apologize. Again, another one from Nickelodeon. Um, it's one of the um, accompanying pieces to the Avatar Last Airbender TV series. Um, and it it's our main character, Ong, and his friends, Katara and Sokka. They seemingly get stuck in um the sinking library i i don't follow so if you know the airbender story airbender is very popular you know who's obsessed with it who previous guest on the podcast tomi adiemi i mean author of children of blood and bone it's it's got a huge fan fiction following. Like the- she, when I recorded my episode with her, she talked about the last Airbender with me after we stopped recording for like ten minutes, and then I had to like break her heart and be like, "I don't watch it." And she's like, <laughs> and she was looking at me like, "Why don't you just stop me at any time on there, bro?" And I was like, "I didn't want to it was so, upset I, you." I thought Avatar: The Last Airbender was related to oh, no. the Avatar movie, uh, no. and I like. Had a full conversation with someone once who was, like, full airbender, like, loved it and was like, wait, you do know that those are two separate things. That's incredible. You moron. No. <laughs> but um, just, I think you can, I don't think you necessarily need to be a follower of the airbender series to not enjoy the book because I think it provides backstories. Um, we rated it 
uh, grades three to six, just because it has a little, like, adult themes, I think, you know, some love. There's a little bit of a romance between Ong and um, Katara, which I appreciate, so... Uh, that's also from Nickelodeon, like I said, so I expect that'll do really well in our, our circulations. Um, next one, The Notations of Cooper Cameron by Jane O'Reilly. Um, I'm really excited about this one. So, Cooper is 11 years old. He, um, When he eats, he chews every three bites. He washes his hands in the air with invisible water. He invented all of these little rituals right after his grandfather passed away to protect his family. So um, it's a nod to OCD tendencies. And he is noticing that his parents are having some difficulties. He's worried that he's driving this wedge between his family, his sister. Um, Kind of a little bit more um, mature themes, but it explores this at the level that an 11-year-old or grades 3 to 6 can understand. So it, it touches on mental illness and what sets people apart, what makes people different, while also dealing with, like, kind of very real sort of, like, supernatural themes because he he goes on this, like, journey. He has a collection of rocks, his pet frog, his notebook to cure himself and bring his family back together. So it's, like, this really cute, heartfelt story um, while exploring those themes, which I think are really important for younger kids to be aware of. Um, And I think OCD is one that, you know, a lot of people don't realize a lot of people struggle with. Um, So I thought that one was really interesting. And it's not over the top. It's not super heavy. Again, it just kind of touches on it in a really um, authentic, I think, smart way for kids to understand. I love that. I love the idea of a book that presents a very real situation from the eyes of a young person so that other young people who may not know may not know what's happening to them or like what's going on or like why can't I stop washing my hands like exactly it, it explain it shows them that there are other people out there that are going through those same things and that's awesome I want to read that a lot Me too. yeah and that I think that great. one I love the cover art for that one too it has like the idea of the quest motif in there on top of just. And I think, you know, we always get such a, a wide range of titles, like I said, and we do a really thorough job of uh, evaluating, you know, what's appropriate. You know, we always try to get as many grades, as many titles appropriate for as many grades as possible. And our, our school librarians did a really good job this year. And when we were talking about some of the content, this one kept coming up and how excited we were that we had it. So I want to talk about this cover art for an hour. <laughs> I know, right? Like the it's co- adorable. The, oh. It's he's so on, cute. He's on like a little raft. And he has this frog in a fishbowl on the raft. <laughs> yeah, well, and like the there's this there's this like color palette that's gorgeous, like a sunset or mm-hmm. a sunrise, yeah. and like he's a shadow on the. Fr- yeah, it's phenomenal. I know. So I, I got. I should look up the illustrator. I I challenge myself to look up illustrators a lot because that's like such a. It it brings so much to the title. I mean, how many books have you selected based on what they look like? And I yep. there's a lot of really cute ones. And masculine and awesome ones in this set. So. <laughs> Speaking of, um, our next one, Moto um, Ember's End by Arthur Slade. So exciting. We have a comic book this year. Um, Moto, he made an appearance in the Hunchback Assignments, which I have heard of. So that's um, a continuation, but I think it's a standalone if you've not read it. He is a young, disfigured spy trained at, to be the ultimate secret agent, as one is. Um, he has the ability to take on the appearance of other people. 
Um, he and another spy, Octavia, um, find themselves in Ember's End, which gives us our title, um, created by a mad scientist genius, Dr. Ebenezer Ember. Um, it's a Wild West town. So it's got, you got Western. Yes. Um, so they discover that um, before Dr. Ember died, he created a powerful weapon so strong it could end all wars, could end all wars, excuse me. Um, and the local sheriff has since passed away, so it's up to Moto and Octavia to take on law, like to become the law enforcement of this town. So I think it's just it brings a lot of really great elements. The illustrations are amazing. Um, a little fact about me: I love manga, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, but <laughs> um, I just again, like I love comic books. You know, not to not to place buckets. Girls can read comics too, but I think comics do a really good job sometimes bringing in those reluctant readers. Um, younger boys, for some reason, are less apt to pick up or show interest in co- um, digital or print content. So I think having something like a comic book m- makes it for everyone. So, and this one again, talking about the illustrations, I think is very eye catching. We. Um, rated this for grades three to six but again we're doing that more for reference for the school librarians again all ages can enjoy our content it's intended for everyone so that is our juvenile set so moving into young adult which more appropriate for grades six to twelve um our first one again i'm excited about all of the content but this one is one i'm probably the most excited about but from the reading perspective like this is the one i'm the most excited to read um, the Lie Tree by Frances Hardinge. So this is the winner of the Costa Book of the Year and Costa Children's Book Awards. Um, Faith Sunderly leads a double life. To most people, she's reliable and trustworthy, a proper young lady, if you will, um, who knows her place as inferior to men, which no one's inferior to men. Um, but inside, Faith is full of questions and curiosity, and she cannot resist mysteries. Um, she can't turn away from an unlocked door an unopened envelope she knows secrets no one suspects her of knowing so um her father passes away he was a famous scientist um and believed to be fleeing um a life ruining scandal but before he died um he like recorded what he was working on um and when she goes through her father's possessions she discovers a strange tree Um, The tree bears fruit only when she whispers a lie to it. Uh, The fruit of the tree, when eaten, delivers a hidden truth. So That sounds amazing. So it kind of has this murder mystery element and then also explores themes of lying and the truth. And I think we talked about this last year um, with one of the titles that dealt with um, alcoholism and, like, how teenagers sometimes learn the, the... the value of the truth, but also the reason why sometimes you do tell lies because not everything is black and white as you get older. So I think this one is, and Frances has proven herself just as an amazing author who really gets there and delivers just really engaging stories. Um, she wrote the Cuckoo Song, which I've heard a lot about, also just really well received, critically acclaimed. Um, again, this one's more nine to twelve, but that's just a that's just a suggestion. But I'm so excited about this one. Jacket cover looks amazing, too. Um, I just, I like the idea of behind. And this one, not that I'm ever against young adult books that have romance, because I read them. It's not the main element of the story. In fact, I don't know if there's a romantic element. So it's kind of nice to just have a strong female who's like, I'm going to solve this murder. 
and take names. I act actually actively seek out strong female leads that strong female leads that don't have a love interest. It's like there there are other stories out there. They're out there. I mean, I know it's. I read this article about how like why romance and why is like very prevalent. It's because when you're falling in love for the first time when you're a teenager, it's just like huge takes over your life. Oh yeah. So I get it, but I do love when it's like. Because when I was a teenager, like, couldn't even get a boy to look at me. Right. So I didn't yeah. have, like, that romantic the, element yeah. to be like, where is this going to happen for me? So, anyway, just very excited about that one. So you had a professional transition before from your third to fourth book in The Juvenile. I'm just going to call you out because we're really good friends. This was a bad transition. <laughs> So, so continue with your next that book. That's true. The Epic Crush of Jeannie Lowe by F.C. Lee. I could talk about this for a long time because he was on the podcast. I am so excited about this. Um, this one is about Jeannie. Uh, she is very hyper-focused on getting into college, as some kids are. Um, <laughs> but in the midst wow. of being this like perfectionist type A student, she discovers that she's a celestial being uh, strong enough to break through the gates of heaven. Um, this is why I love this one. It has a basis in Chinese folklore. Yeah. So if you want to hear the author talk about it, he was on episode 181. Um, but it, this book is so good. It's so much fun. And I will say, when they consider it a crush, there is a very specific, deliberate reason why there is a love story in this, which is why I love it. Um, not going to give it's like the last thirty pages of the book, so I'm not going to explain it. But it all makes sense. You're like, oh, that that's why it was an integral story. But yeah, it. I knew nothing about the Chinese mythology behind this before I read it. Um, we talk a lot about it on the podcast with the author, but. It's super fascinating. And this is a really cool way. I love when authors, especially YA authors, write books that are grounded in other cultures, yes. mythologies and things. Because now I like have it in my TBR list like to go. I want to read the, the Chinese myths and, and stories that these came from. Well, you know, when we did the mythology podcast, we didn't touch on Chinese mythology, and I feel like we did a disservice because there's yeah. so much great stuff out there. And this one, um, there's a transfer student from China named Quentin, and I think he plays this quirky love interest to Jeannie, and he's just very, just the foil to her, and... Um, what I what I read when I was doing some of the research for the content is this book does a really good job of I'm going to talk about Buffy for like two seconds. So, you know, with Buffy, it was always, you know, Harold as the vampire slayer, Buffy, the way. vampire slayer, yeah, there you go. Who, which I love um, that they did a really good job having like regular high school experiences that just also happened to have this like super mal supernatural element going on in the background which is what this title itself has been said to have like it's yeah. just very well done so. no it, it's really funny they're like <laughs> and this isn't giving anything away but it's like oh my god i need to prep for this chemistry test also the world is ending behind yeah. us like <laughs> hellspawn are descending it's very, but i gotta get get into college so um i think that one's gonna be a big hit for this year's set and i'm always interested when we run the set of titles that we have each year to watch what happens after and we're all we're always so excited because we see we see content continue to circulate and trend 
Um, we like to take credit for it. We can't always, but I think it really does help that we're, we do try and pick titles that are from authors that we trust and content that we know is engaging, but that isn't quite popular yet, but could be. So we, we, we like to give, you know, our authors and publishers some, some shout outs. Um, next one, Camp So-and-So by Mary McCoy. Also a really good jacket cover. This makes me want to read this book. Um, Just the jacket. This one, not a lot is given away in the summary of this title, and I've not read it, so I'm not quite sure. It's, like, very mysterious. So it's about a camp that's set up in the Starveling Mountains. Um, Letters are sent out to young women to come to this camp. I believe there's 50... Oh, 25 applications are sent, completed, signed, and mailed. Um, but had any of these girls actually done any research or tried to visit the camp, they would find that it doesn't exist. And dun, that's dun, dun, dun. basically what the summary gives away, um, that this camp is not real. It has this element of like crazy mystery and suspense, a, a little bit of horror, uh, which as every if, if the re- uh, anyone listening knows, I love horror books, so... I'm excited. We've not done a horror book in the summer read before, so I'll be curious how it circulates. But um, not like so scary, gory horror. We have nine to twelve on this one, so you know. I just Jill, checked it out. I'll say, Jill, tell everyone what you. I'm so, so. Jill, I was going to go do this, and Jill went and borrowed the last copy that our library has. <laughs> so good job. Oh, it looks so good. But yes, I'm. We have a really good range of. Mystery, suspense, some romance, just really exciting set this year. And then our last title, um, Splinter by Sasha Dawn, um, about 16-year-old Sammy, who hasn't seen her mother in 10 years, and neither has anyone else. The police suspect Sammy's dad, um, but for her, it's hard to reconcile that because it's the father she's always known who's cared for her. Um, she's lived her life kind of believing her mom abandoned her, but she sets off on this quest to figure out the truth and, you know, unravels this whole mystery of her mother and father, which I, I love when, um, books kind of explore the idea of parents as real people. I think that happens a lot. I think, you know, I, I struggle with this a lot in YA where parents are kind of just, just like background character. And I'm like, that's not true. You don't grow up without being directly related and growing from your parents. Like, they affect everything. Uh, like, everything that I am, all the good stuff that I am came from my parents. All the crappy stuff, too. Like, I think it's just so good when a book kind of paints the parents as real people and you kind of unpacking that. And basically, when you discover that your parents aren't perfect, you, like, love them more because you're like, you love me despite some of your flaws and stuff. So I think I'm always excited when books do this. I'm not sure if there's a supernatural element to this one. I couldn't find anything. I think it might just be a straight-up suspense mystery book, but you never know. Could be some ghosts. Who who knows? Sure. Some hell spawn descending. Um, But we have that one as um, 9 to 12 as well. Awesome. Um, Okay, remind everyone when the program goes to? Yes, so the program runs... Uh, June 6th through July 18th, if you are a school partner listening today, you should have received the email announcing the program. If not, reach out to your OverDrive team. We also do have accompanying marketing materials uh, to help you promote the service, schools, libraries, whomever. Um, our marketing materials this year include a scavenger hunt for juvenile um, readers, so for the um, first four titles I discussed, and then for the YA set. The YA set, the last four, we're doing character journals, so um, trying to 
essentially journal as one of the main characters from the four books. Uh, we also have a four up, which is just um, four pieces to an eight and a half by 11 that we can cut and distributed. We have a staff memo to alert your school staff or library staff that this is coming, what it is, what it entails, and then a parent letter um, alerting parents that like, hey, if your kids are bored or getting on your nerves, we have things for them to do. And lastly, some social media graphics to help you promote on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Pinterest and Instagram. Nice. Fun. Okay. So that's our summer read program. Yes. And resources.overdrive.com forward slash summer read for um, information on the titles and where to, to download the marketing materials. Awesome. Okay. Um, now and a link to this podcast will eventually be there. Aw. That's exciting. Although people who are listening to it now probably yeah. don't need that. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Meta. Okay. So those are the ones that are <laughs> coming. But because we like to give book recommendations in the now, well, let's do some, uh, let's talk about books that we've been reading over the last few weeks. Jill, I want you to start because I think I know what you're going to talk about. Okay, so I, um, over the weekend, listened to the audiobook of And the Rest of Us Just Live Here. Yeah, you did. By Patrick Ness, which um, came up in a conversation um, with Adam and I uh, did with our friends at Kobo. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Actually, it it reminded me of um, when you're talking about like living a normal teenage life and then the hell spawn coming because it's sort of, you know, um, it's about those kids who aren't the chosen one when the hell spawn starts coming. Mm -hmm. Um, but that stuff affects the entire community and it affects everybody, even if they're not directly involved. So yeah, they're like just sort of trying to live their lives of the last five weeks of high school while there's clearly something going on. But they don't know what it is because they're not the chosen ones involved. And it and at the beginning of each chapter, yes. they're like really long chapter titles, um, or they give like a, a synopsis of what is happening to give context. But that's not what it's about. So they're like, I can't. Eat. Oh god, they're so. There's funny. no way you can do this. It's it literally is like the chapter is like in which our heroes blah 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 and like it's like a three sentence name of the chapter and then it says B and then it starts talking about the actual story. <laughs> the actual story. Oh, it's uh, so good. It was I wanted, so good. I think that's popped up on my I I should read that because I, I think it's come up a couple I of times. Think our, I think um, our coworker Liz who has been on I think she had recommended it to me a while back but I wasn't entirely sure what it was about and then um when it came up last week, I was like, oh, that's what yeah. that's about? Oh, well, of course I'm reading that. Yeah. Um, what Jill's talking about, Jill and I are going to be on an upcoming episode of the Kobo Writer's Life podcast. So they have this really wonderful podcast for the people who use Kobo Writer's Life to both find books to read and also aspiring writers. They asked us what books we've been reading, and I think I <laughs> spent like five minutes gushing about this book and then you put it on hold. I, I did. Oh, I, yeah, I borrowed it. And um, it also talks about, because the the narrator um, has OCD tendencies as well. Yes. And it really kind of um, goes in depth about that and anxiety uh, for a teenager, which I super appreciated. Yeah, they do a really good job of explaining... Like, things that happen because of your OCD. Like, this, I mentioned washing your hands. Like, he talks about how often you wash his hands. So, like, the natural oils of his hand 
goes away so his hands are constantly cracking and drying and hurt and it's like very real it's like it was oh it's uh, everyone should read slash listen to this book um do you want me to go do you want you do want to go i have one go for it um i just read far from the tree by robin benway um and i had no reason to pick it up i just was like scrolling through libby and it showed up as available so i checked it out when i was going to hawaii on to Hawaii. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just Casually so. dropped that in. And, yeah. um, and I really, really, really liked it. Um, it's about three adopted siblings who share a mother um, and, like, different circumstances as to why she gave each one of them up. Two of them are with seemingly great families. One of them got pushed through foster care. And, like, it's how the three of them have come to connect. Like, what choices they made to... I have a contact problem right now. <laughs> My eye is, like, watering aggressively. Uh, what what choices they made to essentially search for their birth mom and their history. Um, two girls and a boy. Um, they have Mexican heritage. And it touches on, you know, how you fit in the culture of... Your life when you look a little different but can't explain, you know, one of the characters, Joaquin, does not speak Spanish or well, does not speak Mexican, which is Spanish, but, you know, um, and do they well, say Mexican in the book? Do yeah, they, they do. And I want to I know that, yeah, you know, it's, like, Spanish, yeah. it's Spanish, but the Mexican dialect and right. how there is this whole sort of expectation that, you, you know, he deals with people immediately talking to him in Spanish and him not being able to respond back and then feeling like a failure because he never he never experienced that. And Joaquin's story was the one that I, I truly felt the most, um, it was the most compelling one. The, the other two, the, the sisters had, had great stories to tell as well, but Joaquin had the, the greatest struggles because he was through foster care and the family that he's staying with in the story want to adopt him, but he doesn't feel safe in that belief that they'll keep him and it's it's really good and um they kind of develop this bond and it talks about how as much as you have your family you can find your family in other ways so i I really liked it i ended up like crying on the plane and what you i know i'm such an emotional person that it was so good and i'm really glad I, i i just happened across it so if you haven't um and i really liked it gave it five stars nice uh, I this week listened to two books that are a part of a series, uh, A Study in Charlotte and The Last August. They're the first two books of the Charlotte Holmes series. It's the great, 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 great granddaughter of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Charlotte is her name. And it's she is a teenager, and so is Jamie Watson, who is the Watson who is connected to her with her age so they are young adults but the books are very much not young (laughs) adults um i as a teenager i think people could read them but i would lean towards adults reading these um basically in their world sherlock holmes existed and the stories that jane that um dr watson wrote actually happened and so they are the ancestors of these famous people and then it's very much a a Sherlock Holmes book but the lead character is a female and she's a badass um it it's like watching 
the Sherlock Holmes show with um, Benedict Cumberbatch, where it's like she picks out all these little intricacies. It's it's literally Sherlock Holmes with a female Sherlock Holmes, and they're so good. I listen to I listen to these two books. It's like. 18 hours worth of book I listened to in like two days. I couldn't stop listening to them. Um, highly recommend. I think there's a third one too. You had me at female. Yeah. Sherlock the Holmes. first one yeah. is a murder mystery and the second one deals with like counterfeit art heists and stuff in Europe. So very good. Um, and then I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think I'm going to mention it a couple weeks ago, but I recently read Zorada Cordova's next book that's coming out, which is Bruja Born. And oh my God, it's it's the best book I've read of the year. Like I sent her a DM on Twitter. I was like, you've murdered my spirit. <laughs> it's so good. It doesn't come out till June. And I'm sure I'm going to make her come on the podcast again. But in the middle of her nine books she's writing, <laughs> she has time. But it's so good. Um, but yeah, the Sherlock Holmes one, the Charlotte Holmes books are really fun. Th- those are by um, Brittany Cavallaro, I want to say. Two L's. Um, those are very, very good. And also, seriously, read the rest. Of, the rest of us just live here. That sounds it's really so good. good. Um, it's so good. Jill, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? Probably should have done that at the beginning. <laughs> they can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, and they can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Speaking of ways to get a hold of us, not going to announce it yet because it's not going to exist yet when this comes out. But very soon we're going to have very exciting news about how people can get a hold of us. I'm very excited. Christina, I'll show it to you once we stop recording. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Um, For more information on Overdrive Summer Read, uh, you can contact your Overdrive team if you are a partner. Or you could visit resources.overdrive.com forward slash read for a list of the titles um, if you want to explore their summaries. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Anything else you guys think people should know about at the moment? Uh, I think we're good. All right. Well, I'm glad that we threw out this summer read vibe into the world. So maybe we can get Mm -hmm. some summer weather here in a little bit. That'd be nice. All right. Well, as always, Christina, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.